Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, Clearedcast. Your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. And thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of ClearCast. I'm Katie Keller, Editorial Communications Manager with ClearanceJobs.com. And while November is Military Family Appreciation Month, May is actually uh, Military Appreciation Month. So I have uh, an active duty from the U.S. Marine Corps, uh, Jason Singleton, on the line. Uh, Clarence Jobs has been following him on social media from, for some time. He has a really great brand online, which is important, um, especially post-military when you're in the job search, making sure that you do have a good online brand. Uh, he posts a lot about his family, which is super cool. So I'm really excited to dive into uh, a little bit about the military family and military spouses and sort of moving as that uh, cohesive unit and you know maybe some of the obstacles that go along with it. So Jason, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Katie, thanks for having me. I appreciate the invitation. For sure. So, uh, you know, kind of starting from the beginning, I always think that uh, that's pretty helpful. What were some of your motivations for enlisting? And if you could talk a little bit about that process. Definitely. Um, so for me, I was, I'll kind of give a, a brief background on myself. So I started out with college because I think that for most 17, 18 year olds, that's kind of what we're told to do. Um, I gave that shot for a while and after probably two or three years in college, it just, my major was not, it didn't plan out what I wanted to be. It wasn't as fulfilling as I was looking for. Um, so I kind of started looking for different options. Um, and and the military, like from the jump was not on my radar for a long, for all through high school, I mean, most of college. But it, for myself, I kind of just started, I sat down and started asking myself, like, instead of saying like, why would I go to the military? It became a, more of a question of like, why not? And so I did a lot of pros and cons and talking to like a lot of influences in my life. Um, two of my godparents were actually both prior Marines. So talked to them, got their insight. Um, and fast forward, now I'm in the Marine Corps. So it, it all kind of panned out the way it should have been. Sure. And everybody's story seems to be a little bit different for what those motivations were, whether you come from a military family or not, whether you were exposed to it or not, uh, and sort of I guess just, you know, the career finding you, I like to call it a little bit. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the U.S. Marine Corps. Sure. So um, I've been in the Marine Corps for about 10 years. Uh, my primary job is an intelligence analyst. Uh, so I did that for the first seven or so. Immediately following that, I was actually selected to become a recruiter for the Marine Corps. Um, a little bit of volunteer, voluntold. Uh, but it's actually been a good opportunity for me. So I've been doing that for the last three years or so. So I'm finishing up that that duty as we speak. So I should be finishing that in the next month or two and then headed back to um, the traditional fleet lifestyle of doing intelligence for the Marine Corps. That's awesome. I'm really interested to hear a little bit about from a recruiter's perspective uh, in the Marine Corps, especially through COVID, I feel like the recruiting technique or tactics for the U.S. military have changed a little bit in regards to it being remote, but I know that in attracting the next generation of folks to support our U.S. armed forces, it has changed to sort of an online sort of process. But tell us a little bit about how sort of your position or, you know, duty has changed throughout, you know, this COVID-19 crazy. 
Yeah, we definitely have to shift our focus and kind of our approach towards recruiting effort. Um, um, even, I mean, the generation now is, is definitely a socially driven um, generation, but even more so as we went into COVID, um, we kind of had to change our approach and go to some more unorthodox methods as far as like how to get in contact with the kids um, because the the ways of like walking into a high school and maybe standing in front of a classroom of teenagers and talking to them about the options within the Marine Corps wasn't really an option um, when the schools are closed and everyone's doing virtual learning. Um, so you kind of had to think outside the box as far as like, how can I maybe virtually get in front of them or how can I draw that attention? So just trying to think of some of the things that we did. Um, so like I said, for myself, I'm really big. I really enjoy social media. I think it's a really big tool. Um, and I think the Marine Corps has began to shift towards realizing how impactful and effective the, the social media presence can be. Um, especially with with minimal work, honestly, like it doesn't it doesn't take a huge budget to to put a couple of posts on Instagram and drive and drive traffic towards your post, um, as long as you're tactical about it. So, uh, for me, it really just became became a process of increasing my my social media presence, working with other recruiters and other branches, even in other states, um, to kind of get get the word out there and kind of drive drive traffic towards the media, the Marine Corps. Um, and increase that that interest towards maybe recruitment. Um, I think one thing too is with COVID, it kind of brought, because we don't just look at high school students, but the Marine Corps is always looking at graduates and, and college seniors and, I'm sorry, um, college students and whatnot. So it's, uh, we, we tried to create a way to kind of increase that interest within Marine Corps even more so. And one thing that people realize, I think with COVID is that um, job security is not necessarily a thing with any, with all professions that you're in. Um, and the Marine Corps definitely opened up their eyes to like real, to the realization of like, hey, I might be out of a job, but this Marine Corps recruiter or this service member that I know, a buddy of mine that's in the military, he still has a job. He still has benefits. He still has he has job security um, that I didn't that I didn't have or that I don't have now that COVID's set, set in place. So um, I think that opened up a lot of doors where I thought we would struggle during COVID. I think military recruitment actually became a I wouldn't say easier, but it presented a unique opportunity for us to kind of take advantage of it. We were smart about it. That's true. Well, and it will, I feel like, pave the way forward, uh, you know, in recruitment moving forward with the arm, you know, U.S. Armed Forces. Uh, you, you know, you talked a little bit about social media being a tool, and I did mention, you know, we've been following you for some time. I do love your Instagram because you talk a lot about your family. You talk a little bit about your military experience. Uh, so in your pers- your perspective or opinion, uh, talking about sort of the individual brand or, you know, the folks behind the uniform, could you talk a little bit about the importance there? Definitely. I think that's one that's one um, stigma that's really important for recruiters to break. For what, for As recruiters, we go through training prior to becoming a recruiter, and part of our training is just um, get, creating a social network and social media presence. And for me, I thought it was really important not to make a – make an Instagram or a Facebook or whatnot that was strictly for recruiting. Um, I understand it was, it was the professionalism behind it, but I thought it was really important to make sure that everyone who I talked to on social media um, knew who they were talking to. Like there was a face behind the uniform, if that makes sense. So just making sure that they realized that I was a, a regular guy. I had a regular job in a sense. Uh, I had a family. I saw my family every day. I, I went to church. I enjoyed time with my friends. Like I was, I, I was a normal person, but the difference is my job required me to wear a uniform. Um, so that helped me break a lot of the stigmas behind the military being like a prison or some off the wall obligation that's going to take you away from life for three to four years or 
Um, I think that's really what's, what was really important and beneficial with me and what my goal was when I was trying to create my brand, I guess you could say, behind my social media. Sure. Well, and breaking the stigma, uh, changing the perception, because that is going to attract the next generation of talent, especially since, you know, Gen Z who's coming into sort of these leadership positions, um, they don't like to be stifled or, you know, they like a little bit less structure. They like to be creative. They like to, you know, they really thrive on their individual individuality, which I think is really important. Um, so since I'm an intelligence junkie, uh, tell me a little bit what you can, of course, um, about your intelligence work in the Marine Corps and maybe what you're excited to get back to after you're done with this stint in recruiting. Um, so I have my, my whole goal with being intelligence um, in my time in the Marine Corps is, is reaching all aspects of the, the MAGTAF or the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps Air Ground Task Force. So pretty much just having a hand in, come, in almost every aspect of it. So I've, I started my Marine Corps career at a very tactical level at an infantry battalion learning in almost Intel from the ground up, like firsthand, um, which is a great experience, I think, for new Intel analysts, especially within the military, is you get that firsthand experience um, at the lowest level. After I did that for a few years, I transitioned to a joint command out in, um, in K-Bay, Hawaii, uh, which actually broadened my scope and definitely broadened my perspective and realizing going from a smaller, a smaller, lower level echelon and perspective of intelligence to a very, a very large scale, large scope view, and it also gave me a lot of experience with working with not just Marine Corps intelligence, but also Naval intelligence and Air Force intelligence and um, DOD and, and contractors and whatnot. So it definitely gave me a lot of exposure um, and opened up my eyes to maybe some possibilities um, in the intelligence community after my time in the Marine Corps, because you are, I think it's really important that you always look kind of to, to your time after the Marine Corps, because I don't plan on staying in for the rest of my life. So I did that for a few years, and then I transitioned out here as a recruiter. So I did my time out here, which... Though it wasn't necessarily intelligence driven, obviously with with recruiting, I think it was. There's definitely some benefits um, as an intelligence analyst coming out here. Wanted, I'm a recruiter in the DMV area, which is um, definitely an intel intel heavy community with NSA and um, a lot of the DOD DOD centers in, in the proximity here. Um, so it definitely gave me some some insight that kind of helped drive interest with joining the military, with getting the clearances and and whatnot. Um, but it also gave me like a lot of just the intangible skill sets that I think are really important as an intelligence analyst with public speaking, um, with uh, handling crisis and, and, and struggle and diversity and, and things like that. Um, I think things that are going to necessarily, that are probably going to make me a lot better of an analyst holistically when I get back to the fleet. And then, like I said, when I get back, I'll actually be transitioning in a couple months uh, and going back into more of a, an instructor role um, back in the, on the West Coast. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great point, though, for anyone, you know, in the military or even not and working in their civilian world in the civilian world now, uh, just thinking about the different roles that you have. And even though you might not find that they relate, there are skill sets that you're building in different positions that are going to prepare you in the future. And that's a good lesson for folks who are transitioning out of the military as well. In terms of translating skill sets, if you're really not sure what you want to do, uh, if you're MOS or AFSC, if there isn't something in the civilian world that you're, you know, that it, you think can translate traditionally, um, just think about it from a different perspective. So I, I really love that point. And I, I love hearing that your journey, you know, has taken you to different positions and 
uh, different, you know, locations and all that good stuff in, uh, in the Marine Corps. So, you know, speaking of moves, military, your natural movers, uh, military spouses have become accustomed to moves. Uh, could we talk a little bit about balancing, you know, the military and family life and, you know, maybe some struggles or maybe some positive things that you've seen out of supporting the military? Um, so I will, so for myself, my wife and I are both dual military. So we're both Marines active duty. We have three kids, so three boys. Um, I will say that it has definitely been a unique challenge for us dealing with deployments and training exercises and special duty assignments and things like that, but balancing that with three kids and like being, going to school full time and, or not, not for part, part time, excuse me, things like that. So, uh, it's definitely been a unique challenge, but I think I would say the, we, I wouldn't say we've mastered it, but we've definitely grown accustomed to how to maneuver it or maneuver it through the challenges. I mean, a lot of that comes from having a strong, a strong um, support system through family members and through our chain of command. Um, setting expectations, I think, up front and, and, and understanding like I have a family, so I do want to make sure that they are a priority and balancing that with my responsibilities to work. But like I said, yeah, we've, we've definitely had to go through. I think some of the, I would say probably one of the bigger challenges we've had um, recently was, um, once I was actually assigned to be a recruiter out here in Maryland, we were, we were at the time we were stationed in Hawaii. Uh, my wife was set to deploy to Australia at the time. Um, and my, we had two kids. Um, so we we're trying to, have to figure out what exactly we were going to do. Um, we ended up having to ship our kids off actually to live with my wife's parents, um, uh, for about eight months, um, while she deployed and while I went through all of my training and and moved that moved our household from Hawaii to Maryland and got settled in here. And then we kind of all regrouped about six to eight months later. Um, so that was definitely a little bit of a challenge. Um, it kind of speaks to, or it really speaks to in my opinion, like the resiliency of my kids though, um, because my, my oldest son is eight. And I think he's probably been to more schools than I've been in my entire life. So it's, it's you don't you don't want to do anything that's going to, it's going to permanently mess your kids up, but it's definitely, um, a challenge or it's obviously something that, you, that I, I admire about him is just the resiliency that he's had. Cause he's, he still does great with like establishing friendships. He does great with new, with new schools and, um, new friend, new, just new environments as a whole. So. Well, and I love you military people who say, you know, it was a little bit of a challenge. Like, okay, <laughs> you're shipping your kids. You're not going to see them for eight months. You're shipping your stuff from Hawaii alone, which gets kind of crazy. I mean, the logistics behind that coming over to the East coast. I mean, yeah, that sounds like a heck of a challenge. And, uh, I, I mean, I guess I'm not sure because I haven't been in a relationship. I haven't had, you know, both of you supporting the Marine Corps. I mean, do you think that offers a little bit of, um, you know, you guys can relate to each other and the expectations are set there? Or do you think that presents even more challenges, both of you uh, serving? I kind of look at it as a dual-edged sword. Um, so from the good side of it is like my wife and I both, we speak the same language. We speak the same terminology. We both understand the Marine Corps, uh, the Marine Corps like culture. So it, like we get it. I don't have to, it's just like the upside of being dual military is she understands like, Hey, if I say I'm going to be in a training exercise, I may be out of communications with you if I'm on ship or something like that for days at a time, weeks at a time. And she understands that. I mean, there's still the realistic expectation or emotional expectation of like missing someone that doesn't go away being in the military, but 
Um, I think she has a, a better understanding because she's been in those situations because the, the shoe's been on the other foot. Um, I will say on the other hand, though, there is a level of competition. It's healthy competition, but I think it's, um, there's definitely a level of competition between my wife and I. It's like, who's going to make the next rank first? Or who's going to go to this course first? Or who's going to get the highest score in this first? But it's good because it, it forces us to kind of keep each other on our toes and keep each other um, continuously pushing towards that next goal. So like right now, we're trying to finish up our degrees. So and we're taking a similar classes. So it's like, who's going to get the highest grade in this class? Or who's going to make, make the next promotion um, to the next rank first? So uh, healthy competition, but it's good because it drives it drives that sense of progression not just with us, but then something that we want to kind of instill in our kids too. Oh, and that's a beautiful thing. It sounds like you guys are, uh, it's a beautiful friendship and, uh, I just love that. Um, so do you think your kids are going to enlist or is it too early to tell? That's a hard one. I don't know. We have, so we have three boys. We always joke that our oldest, he's going to be an officer because he's, he's a little bit smarter than we are and smarter than our middle son. And then our middle son, I don't know. He's, He's a little brute, so that kid, he could def I could definitely see him in the Marine Corps. But I'm good with, I'm good either way. If they said no, we want to go to college and go the traditional route, we'd be supportive of that. But of course we're gonna we're gonna support them enlisting in the military or the Marine Corps just because of where what we've seen it do for us and the opportunities it's presented us and my family. Like I didn't there's some things in the that I've gotten that I don't know if I would have gotten or if it would have been it would it would have been less challenging maybe if I hadn't if I had done it without the Marine Corps. So I'm all for it. Well, so uh, family flexibility, uh, having that support system, uh, really important things if you're thinking about enlisting or, um, you know, just having a family, um, you know, enlisting in the military. But any other advice that you'd like to offer our audience today? Um, I would just say the benefits of the Marine Corps, not just kind of stepping out of the recruiter role, like the Marine Corps itself, um, not just the Marine Corps, but just the military in general has just definitely been a great tool. Um, like I said, it's not... A, now for me, it's not a life a lifelong journey, but it's definitely a great stepping stone uh, for where I want to see myself in the next ten to fifteen years. I think one of the biggest things that the Marine, the military is going to get they're going to get their due out of you in some way, shape, or form. You're going they're going to get their their pound of flesh out of you. So it's really important that you take advantage of every benefit that's out there and not leave any not leave any money on the table. Not leave uh, one thing I always talk to my guys about my junior Marines is taking advantage of everything from tuition assistance, your VA loan, your security clearances, the courses that they send you to, um, any training they can bolster, uh, kind of want to boost up your, your resume. Um, take advantage of that stuff because it's 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 free to you where there's civilians that are paying thousands of dollars and, and begging to go and take advantage of those opportunities. So um, I, I always tell them when to take advantage of everything that's that's kind of given to you. No, that's a great point. Uh, those resources, they are available. So ensure that you that you are utilizing them to the fullest. Uh, so any other uh, favorite resources, podcasts, books, influencers to follow, anything you can throw at anybody listening today? Um, I think one of my my favorite influencers or just organizations as a whole is it's a, it's a company called Military Fresh Network or MFN. Oh, yeah. um, I've gone to them a few years back because they're not just – at first, I thought it was. At first, I thought they were just like an Instagram page, and I like gave shoutouts and whatnot. But after kind of getting to know the people that are involved with the organization, uh, what really drew me to their cause is that they focus on not necessarily just the service member, but the service member behind the uniform, um, and kind of understanding that that person is not just a number or a rank, but they are a, while they're serving their country, they're also a unique individual who has thoughts and ideas 
and preferences and beliefs within the military and outside the military. So I really like the company for that and the organization for that. Um, what I also like about it too is this, there's a lot of brands out there that are really for like the Marine Corps or for the Army or for the Navy. Um, but what I appreciate about MFN is it's very good at creating like a holistic network for all service members, active duty reserves, um, even first responders, and just this huge conglomerate of um, like a one-stop shop for everyone and kind of just kind of building up building up those veterans and in, in whatever aspect or kind of aspirations they have. So if, if that would be one thing I would encourage, even, mil- anyone, any, even anyone who's kind of considering looking into the military or maybe past members, I definitely appreciate the network and what they're doing for that. Sure. I lo- yeah, and I love Jimmy Cox, Military Fresh Network. Everyone needs to follow them. The content is gold in there. Uh, well, Jason, yeah. you know, I really appreciate you joining me today for uh, this episode of ClearCast. I do have one more question for you. Sure. Uh, so uh, being in the military... Uh, you have probably seen some pretty cool places. I know you mentioned Hawaii. Uh, favorite place that you've been stationed or deployed to? Um, anything that you can lend to our audience or tra- or folks who are maybe itching to travel a little bit? Mm, so I would say favorite favorite place to be stationed definitely was Hawaii, um, hands down. I would go back there in a heartbeat. I think my family could has the same the same belief. Favorite deployment. I would, I mean, it's, I used the term deployment lightly because it was more of a vacation, um, but I would say Australia. So we were there for about six months and in the dry season, so it wasn't as hot, but between the culture, the food, the people, the experiences, even the animals that are all trying to kill you out there, Australia was <laughs> probably my best, my favorite deployment. That's awesome. I had a couple of buddies who uh, did some uh, did some training out there, and I was very, very jealous. Uh, so, <laughs> well, hey, uh, Jason, thanks again for sharing your insights on the military family, enlisting in the military, military resources. Uh, everyone, uh, remember that Clearance Jobs is also one of your favorite resources. So when you do end up ETSing from the military and you have a security clearance, we're happy to have you at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of ClearedCast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com.